other side is it's going to take some responsibility in the home. It's going to take accountability in the home from parents, from uh, peers, from from role models. Cattle Call Podcast, Tony Blakely here, dude. You are my first interview. I look before y'all y'all came up here. I haven't interviewed someone since June of 2021. So you're my first one back, man, in like over a year and Let's a half. Go. Let's go. How you like that? That's dude. Awesome. I mean, you're helping me out Have getting back here. at it. Have yeah. So Tony, how are you? I'm well, man. I'm well. Just working. Uh, my family has grown since we uh, last spoke. So yeah, uh, just raising just moved back here to West uh-huh. Tennessee from Middle Tennessee and, you know, just raising the boys and working. So, uh-huh. now talk about that. So you're from middle Tennessee. I know. Yes, sir. What part, what'd you do? What, even when you said move back, what were you doing work wise there before you got back here? Right. So born and raised in Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh, the, that's the, that's the top of the state of Tennessee, just North of Nashville. You know, it well, yep. um, graduated high school, came down to the university of Memphis. Yep. To get my to get that bachelor's, that's where I met you. Obviously, that's right, man. Yeah, <laughs> two Middle Tennessee boys in West Tennessee. We're about two of the only four. <laughs> yeah, no right. one ever comes out here. Right, yeah. exactly, or or stays out here. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, got my got my degree, and uh, met my my wife, uh, then girlfriend. We were in the same college courses, criminal justice courses. So mm-hmm. she graduated a year before I did and uh, relocated to Middle Tennessee, <clears throat> Nashville, just to, to start her law enforcement career. So I graduated, uh-huh. followed her out there. We had our first son. Um, and not too long after that, she got pregnant with twins. And she's from here. And this is where it all mm. started with our relationship. So uh-huh. her family and her uh, her support system. So we came out here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so now we've relocated and got our three boys. Yeah, three okay. boys, man. What are their names? Uh, the my the first is Tony, uh huh, and then the twins are Memphis and Zane. That's right. Right now, Tony is he the third? He is in third, a row. So, yeah, your dad and you. Right. And right. Him. Is it, okay, your dad. He's still in law enforcement. He is. Okay. He is. Yeah, that's what I thought. In Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And uh, so you're doing law enforcement. She was. Doing, what was she doing for law enforcement? She, I, don't, I don't remember that. She was with the Department of Corrections oh. uh, working state probation and parole. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, I kind of remember that now. Right. Yeah, it probably didn't mean as much. I, I'm, I'm around more of that now, you know, with work. Uh, probably didn't mean as much then. And then now she's what, full-time mom? Now she's full-time mom. There's three boys under the age of what, three? Three under three. Oh, man. In diapers. Like that? In diapers. Dude, how you like that? It is insane. Man. So now what are you doing work-wise? You're saying you're working there, working here. So, yeah, when I was there, I was a, I was a deputy, uh, uh-huh. deputy, just uh, basic policing. And now here I'm city policing. So, yeah, um, yeah, same, same thing, just a different uniform and different way to go about things. Yeah. Do you have a preference in either or they're just both different? You, you know what? That's, a, that's an interesting question. And uh, there's already different styles that people mm-hmm. have with law enforcement and their approach to policing or corrections or in any capacity of just being a first responder in general but yeah 
But uh, I say that's a great question because city policing and uh, and county being a county mm-hmm. deputy, as those are two totally different, two totally yeah. different sides of a coin. Um, when you're with the county, <clears throat> not only are you operating uh-huh. at a at a very much larger space, right? But the demographic of people that you can come across. Gotcha. From the yeah. bottom to the top, as far as financially, as far as you know, what I'm saying, yeah, Just, uh, it's such a wide a wide scope of the the person that you can come across with. Dude, that's right. wild. All right. Yeah, and then were you ever in a rural county? See, yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. So that's okay. where I, I was just east of Davidson County, which is Nashville. Okay. I was just yeah, east yeah. of there. So yes, um, yes. The 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 southern portion of the county was mm-hmm. very modern and urban. Yeah, but the the north the north part of the county touched that touched Kentucky. So, oh wow! So, yeah, yeah, it got, yeah it way got rural. rural. <laughs> it's a pretty stark difference in how people behave. Absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent. And two different ways you have to interact with them, or no? Absolutely. Really? Yes. Yes. Because um, it in a more urban as far as as far as my uh, my experience uh-huh. in that more urban setting, you can speak to somebody. Yeah. Professionally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Professionally. yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and they'll under, right. they'll understand yeah. how you're coming across yeah. for the most part. Right. Uh, unless they are. Um, unless they're just one of those people who who extremely upper class yeah. type, you know they where they they get what they want all the time right you know? right so on the other side of the coin when you go to these more rural areas half these people moved out in these rural areas because yeah. they want their freedom they they know their rights yeah. and, and you know they don't want their rights to be infringed upon uh-huh. yeah <laughs> and, and then the other half are just out there because they're con- they're super they're beyond country you know right. you and I are pretty country guys but these <laughs> these guys these people are beyond country mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes people got to be yelled at to, yeah. to understand some people only respond to yelling some people only respond to cussing some people only respond Man. to all kinds of things you know you can't Man. just you can't just have a calm demeanor and right. get, get across to everybody right. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a whole different world. Now, stuff like that, which we've seen it a lot through, you know, COVID and everything. You got conservative people like us where we're, hey, yeah, you know, back to blue and you love policing. But there's a whole thing. There's like those memes where you have like the, you know, the thin blue line flag. Right. Then you have the don't tread on me gas and flag. And so you can't have both. It's either like you want law or you don't want anyone interacting with you. That's law. So is there editor? I mean, do you run into stuff like that where it's no. like you have the people that are like hey, we like law enforcement, but also, like you said, we know our rights, we know our freedoms, and you're infringing on them. Yeah, that's extremely rare because okay, good. Um, because most people, this, this again is to my experience. I'm right. coming up on my fourth year in law enforcement. Nice. This year will be four years. Most people, and this even goes for the city, they understand that you being in here in this capacity, that you've mm-hmm. been called to obviously help him, help them for some kind of emergency right. or some kind of crime. So it's not like, oh, we're knocking on your door to to do whatever, to, to check yeah. and be sure you've registered your short barrel rifle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I don't know. That one was stolen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting. One guy I work with, he's a, he's retired law enforcement. Maybe he'll come on sometime. He did 25 years, mm. 
for the for a county as a as a uh, deputy and did narcotics and stuff like that Whoa. and man he tells me stories and he has me cracking up cuz i mean he came in the year i was born and you you and i both know how much the world's changed the last couple of years let alone 3 decades you know right uh and he tells me stuff and it's like oh dude that's hilarious and it's you know it's harmless stuff then you have times where he tells you these these crazy insane stories where you, you know you're serving warrants and you have a ram guy, a shield guy, a right. shotgun guy, and you're fighting off dogs and you're fighting off criminals mm-hmm. and the stuff you're walking in on. But even then, man, uh, and I know you know way better than I do, he'll tell me stuff. I'm like, man, that sounds that sounds awesome. He's like, well, you can't do that anymore. He's like, yeah, that, those are the old days. And it's right. not even bad. It's not even controversial stuff. It's right. just not like the way policing's changed. Oh, yeah. You can't do that between people's phones and people's social media and ring cameras. Right. Like they will, they'll frame one thing like you said. Only cussing gets it across, and it's like, right. well, that officer called him a mother effer. Right. It's like, and then exactly. that's on Twitter. Oh yeah, you know? oh yeah, because um, these days, especially kids in, in our generation yeah. or around this generation, oh, let's they talk. See, they see a police officer or a first responder in any yeah, capacity right. doing something to somebody, they're going to immediately jump on a camera phone oh, instead dude. of help. Dude. You know? Uh-huh. Do you feel that pressure at work? No. Good. No. Is that just by department or just by where you're policing? That's by the department and, yes, where I'm policing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had – I have never worked at one of these large these, – mm-hmm. these extremely large agencies that you will see. Mm-hmm. Um, any of these first responders, I don't care, whatever capacity, EMT, firefighter, mm-hmm. A uh, police officer yeah. in in any of these large cities: Memphis, Baltimore, St. Louis, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Any of those large cities, that's a different animal. And they go through yeah. they go through so much more. They they see so much, and that's a that's a that's another conversation. But uh, yeah, I have never worked in that in that large in that large arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, which Memphis, you know, it's a top 50 city i think technically it's actually i think technically in terms of media market it's like 51 so it's close people you know moving out but i think their mpd is like 2500 i think their quota is 2500 officers mm-hmm. i now i know they're about 500 short that's yeah. a public record and they're recruiting hard for it but right. then you think 2000 people to cover right it's actually interesting you know, it's, it's 400,000. that's really cool that you know that number um I speak to I speak to them often. MPD, yes, uh-huh. um, and yeah, they they are short about five hundred. That's that's the number that I hear most often right now. Here here lately, here recently, is five hundred is yeah. the is the number that I've been hearing that they need. Man, do you think people actually like? I know you and I talk a lot. So Tony and I talk a lot outside of this right here. I didn't just meet the guy, <laughs> and of course he knows a lot about me. And. Or actually, you know, we went out to dinner with him right after we got married. You know, y'all actually let us crash y'all's date night and made it a double date, which is great. I uh, got to know a lot more about each other's wives. But, you know, we talk a lot about our generation and stuff like that. And, uh, do you want to close, close it? Yeah. I'm here. Uh, you're hearing too much? Yeah. Sorry. I think the girls were too loud. Oh, oh no, Chief. Um, nah, here we go. See what's going on. A lot of activity, man, living in the city. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, we talk about stuff in our generation, what people think, where they right, act. Right. You know, there's, do you think people our age, 
are going to be first responders are going to do military talk about all the recruiting numbers every every like you said in any capacity all of us love do you think people are going to step up uh, i don't i don't believe so i don't believe so mm-hmm. and that's already already it was something that us us just growing up it was something that that wasn't really encouraged i know my dad him being in the profession he didn't encourage me to he was really? like he was like go do something else <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so after after a um, after the politics gets into it after oh, the man. the modern day the current events gets yeah. into it yeah. uh, with just first responders i just see people going away from it yeah now do you want to talk about all the stuff going on in Memphis? We don't have to get specific, of course, but uh, now, of course, if anyone's listening to this, there's the whole, there's the Tyree Nichols deal that happened. Uh, oh, man. I guess it was January 7th, I believe, was the stop. And now it's, what is it, February 8th right now or something? Right, right. So it's been a little over a month since then. Um, that That's a big thing. Now, okay, we don't have to talk just about that. Here's what I've been thinking about is, dude, look at the last six months of Memphis where we started with the Eliza Fletcher deal. If anyone remembers right. that, that was the the woman who was abducted and raped and murdered on a morning run. Right. And that by, was Labor Day weekend. Right by campus. Right by campus. On campus. Yeah, actually. literally. It was between <laughs> Second Pres, which is a, it's a nice, big uh, church. And then you have campus, which has their own police precinct. And then you have uh, some nicer homes around. Right. And so, anyway, that happened at 4.30 in the morning. Insane. On a, I think it was Insane. on a Friday. And that's how it started. And then, of course, you had the shooting spree. You had the threats of other copycats calling stuff out. Then you had the thing where I had a friend in Chattanooga. One of my best friends sent me a, a TikTok, and she said, you know, don't show your wife. And it was that girl at Saddle Creek with the uh, abduction attempt. This was, you know, what, had to be, what, right. what is that, a month and a half ago, right, two months right. ago? There was a, actually a shooting right down the road from our apartment midday uh, between Christmas and New Year's. Stuff that's all national news. Then you have, like, the Tyree Nichols deal. Uh, so for six months, man, like, Memphis has been uh, in the national spotlight for right. crime. Right. You for, know? The, for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and everybody who lives here is on edge. My my wife doesn't want to raise kids here. We're, we're at that point where we're having yeah. that conversation. Uh, our oldest is uh, two, and the twins are one. Mm-hmm. And we, these are conversations that we have. Where she's like, no, um, I'm going to homeschool elementary yeah. level. Oh, stud. Uh, yeah. I already wanna, she already wants to <laughs> yeah. homeschool elementary level. But as far as, uh, per, you know, enrolling them in a middle school or a high right. school, she's like, no, mm-hmm. there's no way. Just because no matter where you go, you're not going to get away from it. You can't. Yeah, you can't escape mm-hmm. it. Well, I've heard about like even uh, Leanna's siblings. She, so that's one thing about us, you know, us getting married. We weren't that young, you know, 24, 25, whatever, but she had, she has a big family. So she saw siblings in high school out in the suburbs, you know. Um, and I've heard stories about like their school in the suburb. I'm talking 25 miles out from the city. Dude, I've been into several sporting events for her, for her siblings. And you go into the, like the restrooms there around the, like the sports complex and do their little, like little saloon door, half door stalls. And the girls are like it too. You think, oh, you know, guys don't have any shame. You know, we go to the bathroom outside. We don't care. The the girls' restrooms are the same way. Mm. It's because kids with drugs, kids with fighting, kids with oh. you know, uh, e cigs, vapes, dab pens, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, and then with everyone filming sex too. Yeah, and then like that's happening in public height. Now I'm not. I don't, don't want to paint it like, oh, it happens all the time. Right. But there's been enough. Her dad's on the school board. He's aware of it all, and, and you know, stuff that they've taken. I'm just saying that happens in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. 
pretty rampantly for a suburban school, you know, and I know they, they've cracked down on it. And they have a lot of you know safety resource officers in schools, but the fact that stall doors, right, like come up to our chest yeah. to protect stuff like that, man. Right, right. I don't remember this happening in Middle Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always say to, to my right. wife. I go, hey, this stuff doesn't happen in Franklin, babe. Right. Say what you want. I know all cities got problems, but mm-hmm. this doesn't happen in Franklin. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, gone are the days where somebody can, in that circumstance, can just go in that bathroom. This is what they're trying to remove is somebody can go in that bathroom and you can just sit up on that, stand yeah. up on the toilet and crouch down. Yeah. And nobody's in that stall. Yeah, you know, that's right, man. For whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. These people, uh, not these people, these children, these days, never in my life, uh, you know, I'm just in my in my mid-20s, but never in my life have I seen kids with more vape pens and more oh of these goodness, dad dude. pens yeah. and electronic e-cigs, all that stuff, more than, you know, any other time. Mm-hmm. Do y'all have to talk about um, that kind of stuff and what you're doing for policing? Just like the awareness no. Okay. And not as far as juveniles go. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, I'm sure it's something that would come up as far as the SRO is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a battle that they may be fighting. But as far as what we do day to day on the street, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about fentanyl? Ooh, oh, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, the F word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah. that's some, that's some bad stuff, man. Uh-huh. Um, I've this isn't even bragging, but I've already mm-hmm. saved. In the past two years, going on four years, please. In the past two years, I I've probably saved personally by myself at least ten people's lives that were just they were overdosing on fentanyl and, oh, wow. and would were on death's door without any kind of Golly, intervention. Well, yeah, we're on death's door, so it's it's pretty rough. Uh huh. It's pretty rough, and this is when these when they when they're ODing uh-huh. on fentanyl, you can find them. Two kind, and from from what I've seen, about two kind of ways. Like, yeah, where they're totally unresponsive, uh-huh. like they're asleep. Um, and then there's also the time where they're they're in and out. Their eyes are barely open. Mm. People are changing colors and stuff. Wow, yeah, yeah. And uh, this is this is some real stuff that people don't see. This ugly side of, mm-hmm. of this drug, man. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a hundred times stronger than morphine. Um, they don't see there's something called the, there's something called it has no official name it has uh-huh. no I'm sure there's a scientific name to explain it but as far as law enforcement or um, just a nickname I've heard in law enforcement or from these drug users is it's called the, the death the death croak oh, so wow. uh-huh. so <clears throat> some of these some of these users will call, will um, do something that they call chasing the devil which, oh, is, which yeah. is where they carry Narcan yeah and they and they know they're going to overdose on the Golly, drug. They know uh-huh. they know they're going to overdose on the drugs that they're using. So they hang out with a buddy that says, "Hey, man, uh, I'm going to OD on this, but yeah, just Narcan me and bring me back to you know, just get me." Dude, can't even imagine. Right now, yeah. you as a first responder, you know right. that Narcan it can only help you for X amount of time. Yeah. It doesn't cure it. Right. it. Doesn't cure or fix overdose. It mm-hmm. it just brings you back. So hopefully you can go get some medical, right? Yeah, some yeah. Medical attention. right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> but um, unfortunately, uh, users have taken this Narcan and have used it. Um, I guess I don't even know. I don't even know how to explain it, but they're just using it as as a as a way to to skate on by. Yeah, you know, if you, yeah. 
it's pretty rough. Now, do people that you work with when you talk about stuff like that, do they talk about, because I mean, back in the day, man, not even that long ago, I know police officers didn't even carry Narcan. That wasn't, that wasn't no, y'all's deal, no. you know? Do they talk about like, you know, it's gotten that out of control that we weren't even having to do this, but now. Right, you know, right. Yes, it has gotten, you're, you're exactly yeah. right. It's gotten to that point where everybody carries Narcan. And um, I'll tell you this one story that uh, goes back to that death croak that I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. So I told you about those, the users chasing the devil. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then I mentioned the death croak. So uh-huh. um, I get an overdose call out here in West Tennessee, man. At that that time, I got a call that a man was, a man had overdosed and was in his truck. So, uh-huh. I, you know, I get, I'm running lights and sirens get down there and he's he's doing what what people call the death croak so uh-huh. so he's unresponsive he's not responding to his name or anything mm-hmm. or he's not responding to yelling um and he is doing this faint closed mouth essentially or uh-huh. yeah, they, they, their mouth can be wide open yeah, but this, yeah, yeah this faint this faint sucking of wind where it's like <gasps> Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. it's like a gasp. It's a really it's a really nasty, ugly gasp uh-huh. that you wouldn't you've never heard from any human that you've ever met in your life. Uh, oh gosh, I would imagine that somebody would make that noise after they got hit by Ray Lewis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I, I mean, that's the only way yeah. I can think about it. There's no way. It's not a natural noise. So this guy, in this instance, long story short, he had to be. I had to knock him twice. Oh my goodness! <laughs> just to just to get where I could talk to yeah. him, just to get where I could speak with him, and he could be like, you know, answer some questions like, "What day is uh-huh. it?" or "What's your name?" or "Why are you using drugs?" And you know, we try to get we try to ask these questions to to you know dig into the the surface level mm-hmm. and, and you know how we can help these people, and also just uh, also just hold a conversation, keep them alert before right. right for the good guys the good first responders yeah. you know our firefighters yeah. and our emt the, the heroes <laughs> exactly as, I, as i've heard them call You're right yeah right. man uh that, that is crazy i mean i didn't hear much about which of course you know i haven't really been in this realm either i mean honestly either of us that long and even following stuff but i didn't hear about fentanyl uh you know even six seven years ago you know right. and, I, and of course with the whole opioid crisis and everything and we know Fentanyl is manufactured in China. I think it's something outrageous. Someone can fact check me, but it's something outrageous. Like it's in the ninety percent. Right. Some of the ninety percent of like the fentanyl is being manufactured in China. Right. And this is not even political. This is just what we know, and it's being shipped to Central America, and then it's being smuggled in through the southern border, which isn't right. much of smuggling right now, honestly, because they can just bring stuff over. And we had one. You probably heard about it out in uh, West Tennessee, Fayette County, not long ago. They stopped somebody with 22 pounds of right, fentanyl right, that was right. in that couch cushion, and they have temporary Texas plates coming okay. up from the southern border. Man, they were running fentanyl through West right, Tennessee, right, and yeah. uh, I think THP caught them. Yeah, the, no, yeah. no uh, that it wasn't. It wasn't THP. I know those guys. I know. I know really? Yeah. I know was two, it county? I know two of the guys. No, it, oh. was, it was West Tennessee Drug Task Force. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, Drug yeah, Task Force yeah, was on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, those are some good guys. They got some. They got some really good officers. Yeah. Uh, you know, great deputies. Uh, in the in that task force, and yeah, they showed me they showed me the pictures. Dude, that's outrageous, that, man. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, they were, I believe they were going eastbound. Really? Going yeah, yeah, eastbound, yeah. Going towards Nashville, 
you can you can expect the money, like you said, those southern states. You can expect the drugs going east from there, and you can, uh-huh. you can expect the money going west. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, that, that's <laughs> cra- what a crazy time. That yeah, you know, we were talking about crazy. fentanyl stuff. Uh-huh. You know, you don't even hear about. I mean, you know, you, I know you still do, but I remember uh, my dad. He worked in insurance when we first moved to Tennessee from Kansas. So uh, he did it back in Wichita, and he did a course out in Wichita because at the time, back in the you know early nineties, can I mean it's Kansas. And if anyone knows anything, the stereotypes about Kansas pretty much hold up. There are a lot prettier <laughs> spots than you know what people think. Tornado Alley, yeah, but it is. It's flat. It's wide open. Yeah. It's desolate. It's you know big. Back in the day, it was cattle drives through there and stuff. But meth was pretty uh, prevalent there back in the day. So insurance, uh, him being a claims adjuster. They were trained by, I think it was, um, like we have TBI, I'm pretty sure they have KBI. Right, right, I'm sure they Was do. Uh, training them on how to recognize meth labs. Wow. You know, you, you show up wow. to a house fire, well, was it a meth lab explosion? Oh, yeah. And they're training on it, and uh, they were talking through a bunch of stuff with meth. Mm-hmm. Well, fast forward a few years, meth had, you know, pretty big footprint in Kansas. We moved to Nashville. I'm young, man. I'm, you know, four years old. Uh, and my dad, he actually talked to a, I think it was a state trooper or something. I can't remember who he was right. talking to. Uh, I was talking about meth because he traveled all over the state for stuff. Yeah. And he was asking about meth. And the guy didn't even know what he was talking about. And he's like, how do y'all not know about meth? Like, it's huge. Yeah. And it was crazy because, like, it, you know, Cookville. <laughs> right. I mean, Cookville, I mean, for the longest time, it was a meth capital. Right. But he was like, well, he's like, well, I mean, it's not a big deal here. They're not being trained on it as much as they were in Kansas because, yeah. like, huh? They, they're dealing with other drug problems, and, I, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure what year that was, but as far as uh, as far as meth is concerned, three years ago Tennessee was top three in the country for meth production. Crazy. It was. Uh, I what are the other two? Do you know? Uh, the other one of the other three was Oregon. But I, oh yeah, wow, it's these crazy wooded. Yeah, wooded, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Where people just got. Um, I can't think of the third state, and I don't want to lie to you. Um, but top three, uh, I wish I could remember the year. I want to say twenty twenty one or twenty twenty. Uh, it was definitely Oregon, Tennessee, and, and I don't, uh-huh. I don't know, and not in that order. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know what order. But Oregon, Tennessee, and another state were top three. Golly. Um, now, when you said that fentanyl is being produced in China, yeah, it is being produced there legally. But um, these Mexican gangs here, here in the past, in the past two years, wow. have gotten have gotten wind of it. And they went in on that money, uh-huh. so they've been producing it themselves. So um, their production has actually escalated exponentially. Golly, yeah. So we're getting it from China and Mexico. Oh yeah, and the, then both are coming through Mexico. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah the bulk of it, yeah, is gonna is gonna cross our southern border. Man, the bulk of it. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, of course you may. Yeah, you'll get some through Canada, or we can fly it in or ship yeah. it in. But yeah, it's yeah, most right, of right. It's most, the bulk is coming through the southern border dude yeah that's crazy i uh going back to meth so i, I don't ever told you this so in my job you know i've worked with a lot of law enforcement stuff i got to go on a uh it was a compliancy check deal with uh it was a joint operation with uh a county and then they had a couple different city departments also running it so i went up to uh tipton county which is north of memphis for listeners and I, I got to go on a ride along for, I don't know, probably five, six hours one morning in a vest and got to go do compliancy checks for sex offenders. Well, mm-hmm. you know, all these people are felons. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're looking for stuff that shouldn't be there. Right. And one place was in a motel room 
And this point, dude, I've been in, I, I've been in a dozen different houses, yeah, di- different races, different ages, different smells, different, you know, setups. Some stuff was real put together, and it's not. Other stuff is like, dude, I think I've seen this on a TLC show. This right. place is awful. Yeah. Uh, how do kids live here? Whatever, right. which they shouldn't. That's why we're doing exactly. the check. Um, exactly. But this one guy, uh, him and his quote girlfriend were hanging out in this motel room. And all their groceries were, you know, plastic, like Dollar General bags. They've been living in there. But that door opened, dude, and it hit everybody. They wouldn't open the door. They almost had to kick this door down. Mm-hmm. You know, guys flushing stuff. But he uh, he ends up, you know, letting the, letting them all in. And when that door opened, all the officers and myself, ooh, hitting the face with a smell. And it, I mean, dude, I had to go, I went in the room, kind of scanned some stuff. They're kind of showing me things. And it was, oh, such a strong, awful smell. I couldn't figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. It smelled like industrial, oh, you know? No. And then I uh, I come out, so I'm with one of the police chiefs right around, uh, around with her. And she, dude, she she has a great pedigree, too. So I was talking to her about stuff. I said, hey, what was it I was smelling in that motel? And she's like, oh, that's meth. And I was like, oh, dude, I yeah. could not get it out of my nose. That, that was driving home mm-hmm. to another meeting. Uh, and that whole like hour and a half I was driving to that next meeting, man, it's like I, I could feel like it was just right there yeah. in the middle of my nostrils. And that it's, meth. It's crazy uh, the stuff that we encounter and are exposed to when we walk into uh-huh. people's homes as first responders. Yeah. In any capacity, you know, EMT, again, EMT, firefighter, uh-huh. policeman walking into somebody's house uh-huh. just to check on their well being. You were called there, you know. Yeah, your right, self, right. Your selfless act, and what you can be, what you can be exposed to, the toxic chemicals. Yeah. But. In this, in this fentanyl, and this meth, and uh-huh. this heroin that they're putting in this stuff, uh, it's it's to, it's toxic to humans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it kills uh, people. Yeah, exactly. Who yeah. knew? But it's yeah. not good for you. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so it's crazy that you had to be uh-huh. exposed to that. But um, you're right. In these states where we we come across meth more, more the training uh, we've come across it so much as we have the training for it. So you'll see people today that are what are called lab techs uh-huh. because in that situation that you were in, uh-huh. I don't know if it was a nearby person, a nearby room, or if it was, in fact, the, the, the location, the residence that you were inside uh-huh. of. But um, a lab tech, everybody else is supposed to be removed from that situation. Yeah, right, right. A lab tech is supposed, is supposed to um, enter that residence with the proper equipment, right. the, the proper uniform. Which, which means t- entire body covered by yeah, a, a basically a, exactly yeah. to to work with to deconstruct a lab and work with these toxic chemicals. Uh-huh. Humans shouldn't be living or exposed to this on a, on a day to day basis or at all. Which I, I, if it if the room smells that strong, it's like dude, that's going into your system, man. Like y'all are actually right. consuming that. No, you know I can't. I I just can't imagine. Right. I can't imagine people and, doing it. And you mentioned some of the the. the you touched on some of the brief homes that you, uh, some of the few homes that you come across that were just in squalor that are totally mm-hmm. disgusting. And you're right. Some people will have their kids. They'll have their babies in it. Um, four years of policing. The one time, <clears throat> the one time I've cried on a scene was, uh, the one time I've cried on a scene was the first year I, I was policing. Excuse me. So this was, this was just East of Nashville in a rural part of Tennessee. Um, Long story short, uh, parents were in a domestic situation. Uh, There was, there was, 
uh, incident where somebody's trying to run somebody off the road. Yeah. Then there's an incident later in the day where somebody is slapping the other in the face and attacking the other. Uh huh. Well, well, mind you, they have two babies caught in the middle that uh, are living in uh, insect infested home. Uh huh. They're living with feces and dirt all over the floor. Uh huh. They use their back. They had a wooden back porch, just like all homes. Well, they use their back porch like a landfill. Oh goodness! And it just hurt me because one of the babies didn't even know it, and the baby was so sweet, offered me a water bottle. Offered me a water bottle, and I was like, I was like, wow, this baby has no. <clears throat> this is this baby's reality. Yeah. This this ugly, disgusting, filth. Yeah. You know, and this is this isn't an attack at the people. Like it, they were living in in in, uh, in filth. That's uh-huh. exactly what it was. Uh-huh. No, nobody else would describe it any other way. But for the that that was the baby's reality, and the baby's gonna grow up thinking yeah. that's that's normal. Yeah, knows nothing else. Right. Yeah. Tough. Dude, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, I know you're four years in. I talked to these guys, and you work with these guys that've been in it 20, 30, 40 years. Right. I mean, what what kind of stuff do you gotta you gotta do or at least implement in your own life so it doesn't take such a toll on your mental health oh man you, you got to have these uh we call them outlets uh-huh so uh some guys of course there's always outlets that's what they're called outlets now whether, yeah. whether it's a healthy outlet or yeah. unhealthy yeah. outlet, right right <clears throat> unfortunately uh that's that unfortunately you can come across that when you're dealing with the first responder first responders are working these um these crazy hours, whether it's right. midnight hours, whether it's an eight hour shift, whether it's a 12 hour shift, as far as police are concerned, or if you're a firefighter you, or an EMT, you're working 24 hour mm-hmm. shifts. Mm-hmm. So you're, yeah. you're working, you're not, humans aren't supposed to be working. Yeah, right, like right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we call them outlets. Uh, some of the unhealth and some of the unhealthy outlets may be leaning on the bottle. Yeah. Uh, you know, smoking too much, yeah. uh, even drug use. Yeah, not not everything's legal. I mean, people are humans, just like yeah. in, in the military or, or first responders. And then the healthy outlets, uh, we we like to exercise. Well, I'm, I can only speak for me. I like to exercise. I like to um, go to the gun range. Oh, dude, I, come I like, on now. I like yeah. to, I like to hang out with my wife, yeah. hang out with my kids. You know that that's stuff that makes me smile. So unfortunately, so I don't have to. My, I'll be honest. One of my unhealthy outlets is my eating. I don't eat right. So <laughs> so I'll. Uh, one of my outlets, I'll, I may grab a, I may grab a, you know, a chocolate bar or something, you know, that's, uh-huh. but, you know, I haven't, I haven't touched none of these drugs, but, but the thing is, as a first responder, and you'll learn, uh-huh. you know, as you are a first responder yeah. now, uh-huh. uh, is you got to have these healthy outlets, um, because we're exposed. Not only is it the hours yeah. that take the toll on the body mentally and physically, but it's the stuff that we're exposed to, the people and the conditions that we see these people in that we're exposed to. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah, that's, that's all. That's all great stuff. Um, what, what can you think of, just for the public, man? When we talk about all the stuff that's been going on in Memphis, you know. So of course we're all gun-toting believers over here between the between our families and our extended families yes, and all sir. that. But uh, you know, there's all this crime going on. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got to almost. Of course, first responders are, are going are gonna to respond. But again, your response time. You may be looking at 8, 12 minutes or whatever. Or like that girl that was almost abducted in the shopping center. But a guy with a gun, good guy with a gun, Intervene. showed up and stopped. Right. I mean, what, what's practical stuff that people, whether they have a gun or they've never held a gun? Right. I mean, what's some stuff you can say from the law enforcement side that, hey, what can you do to help 
yourself out. Right, right. Yeah, so one way to help yourself out and not and to not make yourself a victim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to avoid from making yourself or or not even making yourself from allowing yourself to be perceived uh, from these predators as a victim uh-huh. is to is one of the ways is what you just said is to go go constitutionally carry um, carry a, a sidearm and that's that's what we have here in the state of Tennessee is uh, that's essentially the nickname for our uh, our carry laws is uh-huh. constitutional carry um, which means if you're not a convicted felon yeah and and you've shown that and you haven't shown that you're irresponsible, uh-huh. you can carry a weapon. Now, with that being said, I'd say take it further and, of course, go get you some courses and go yeah. and, and go about it the best way you can so you have some knowledge of it. But uh, that would be the first step is get you a weapon and learn the nomenclature. If you don't know nomenclature, that means the ins and outs of the weapons, the uh, uh-huh. what makes it tick and how to clean your weapon and take care of it because you have to – as your yeah. equipment or anything, if you if you don't take care of it, it won't take care of you. Yep, hundred percent, man. Right. right. Yep. So, so that's that's the first thing I'd say is is just get knowledgeable because the bottom line is, especially in a city like Memphis, where uh, which is you know around where we live, the com- there's a community, there's a community and a culture that that will prey on the public, um, for with no with no regard for, right, for safety. Right. With no regard for property, mm-hmm. so um, they don't care that you did yoga. They don't care <laughs> that you're spreading good vibes. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they don't. They don't care. That oh, you, I know. They don't care that you went to church that morning. Yeah, they're they're just coming. They're coming to get your. They, they, they want. They want what they want, and they and they're willing to take it by any means necessary. Dude, is there anything that elected officials? And of course, everyone has their own different political ideologies, but. Is there anything elected officials could do to clamp down on that and make your job easier and make even my job as a, as a civilian, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, more enjoyable? Hmm. You know, we talk about all this, all the reform stuff right, going on. Right. Like, how practical is that stuff? Exactly. And it's, you know, when you when you see this stuff going on, you see it and you live in a city where there's issues and there's uh-huh. been issues for a long time and stuff hasn't fixed. You're, you're kind of like something's not working. So, I, I mean, one thing that I can say from studying in this in college and actually having real world experience to what I have, uh, the one thing that I can say is it's a double edged sword. So not only um, is it going to take government intervention as far as politics uh-huh. and law enforcement, but it's going to take the other side of the sword, the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Um that's why I said it's a double-edged sword to attack this is the other side is it's going to take some responsibility in the home. It's going to take accountability in the home from parents, from uh, peers, from, from role models. It's going to take responsibility and accountability. So, so we, the the community and the government can attack it together. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. All right. Let's talk about that. I know we, uh, again, we brought it up earlier about all the generational stuff. Dude, what is, what is going wrong? I, I, mean, I know, dude. That's a million dollar question, and there's a lot. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I mean, where do we start? Well, I mean, what what is the? Is there any theme you ever see? Not even just policing, just in life that you're seeing that's like, okay, that's one reason that we're in the state that we're in. Man, for me, it's it's a big part of our our phones, our cell phones. And technology in general, and I catch myself in it. One of my best friends, 
he uh, he's finally he's he stepped away of he stepped away from it and he's uh, he pushes me to do it. He's become more outdoorsy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know, he'll he'll go outside with with dog and with the lady. Uh-huh. And uh, he actually just just got back from East Tennessee. There you go. God bless this beautiful state we live yeah. in. Yeah. East Tennessee, we got the Smoky Mountains, man. Uh, he just got out, just got back from a trip there. You know, spent some time and got to relax, just in nature. Um, the, these phones and this uh, this these electronic devices they got a yeah. they got a hold on us a bigger hold than we than we can imagine or a bigger hold than we like to admit. Yeah, man, it's funny with that whole Chinese spy balloon. You know, people yeah, freaking out about it. Crazy, <laughs> which it is. That that alone, uh-huh. objectively, is just a crazy situation. Right. But someone made the point that I saw on Twitter about like people are freaking out over this Chinese spy balloon. Meanwhile, people have had TikTok on their phones for you know, over years. It's like, dude, there's right. a real spy balloon. Yeah. They're sitting there watching all of it, exactly monitoring everything, exactly. setting these algorithms, right? You know, desensitizing you, almost mm-hmm. like virtually castrating. Right. People that sit there and just scroll TikTok for yeah. eight hours yeah, a day. Yeah, do not you know? mention TikTok in front yeah. of my wife. She, 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 she No, no, no. Okay, I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm no. shocked. No, no, no. She, she <laughs> yeah. got me to delete it. She, oh, she, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah. Um, she told me about it. She got me hip to it. And I had heard about it, but she was like, uh, yeah, so um, everybody with a modern day iPhone, I don't know about these Samsungs, but as far as iPhone is considered, you remember when you get that app and you ask it not to track? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So TikTok is tracking your stuff regardless of of what you're doing. That's a part of the conditions and the and the stuff that you signed up for. That's that box that you mm-hmm. checked. When Those you, 39 <laughs> pages you did not read. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You didn't even look. You didn't yeah. glance at them. You didn't even look at them. Um, didn't give them the time of day, and you just checked that box, and you got to looking at all the videos that you that you now love and enjoy, that you're that you're glued to. Um, but yeah, you're you're exactly right. They're they're pulling information, man, for who knows what, man. Mm-hmm. Who knows what? I just saw something that um, I can't remember the 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 news source. You gotta take everything with a grain of salt. Oh, dude, but yeah. but this was it said that the the Chinese uh, spy balloon was looking at was looking at military bases. Yeah, I heard it on a podcast the other right, day. It right. was over like three different nuclear sites. Right. Right. So th- this isn't this isn't like oh, I'm a balloon and I'm gonna float strategically float over the suburbs, yeah, <laughs> and look at how schools are placed in neighborhoods yeah. and and look at the parks. No, this if if this is correct, then this has looked at strategic locations for you know our military capabilities. Unreal. Yeah, Unreal. It's now, you did uh, <laughs> ROTC in college. Yeah, right? I, did, I, I did it for a little bit. Yeah. Just, did you learn anything like military wise and all that? Uh, no, not 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 much. Okay. Not, not much. Just some, just you know, just they teach basic tactics and just some leadership skills that you can uh-huh. use. So, okay. Yeah, nothing, not too much. Nothing, nothing in depth. Uh-huh. Did you know the whole time you're going to go into law enforcement? Or yeah. Did you yeah. plan to do military then law enforcement? Yeah, man. Well, me coming from a military town, which is Clarksville, Tennessee. Yeah, me coming from a military town. Uh, that was always something that was, you uh-huh. know, uh, eat, you know, eat, sleep, breathe by others around me. So, but my dad being the, being the police, that was always what I wanted to uh-huh. do. That was, that was the end goal. Never knew when I ended up there, but I knew I would, I knew that would be a career at some point. Mm-hmm. Now, whether, um, obviously like, again, saying coming from military town, the military aspect, as far as my life was concerned, that being a career for me. That was just a question of if I would do it or how long I would do it. But uh-huh. yeah, policing, policing was the. I knew that was that was. My dad has a picture of me three, four years old, 
in a police hat with a badge on with one of the old plastic badges yeah, man. and a ticket book. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. There, there yeah. it is, man. Yeah. Meet your quota. Right. <laughs> man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's funny. We're going to do the listening thing again. and that? We're going to do the listening thing where I can hear myself oh, again. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, good. Where did you learn that? What? Where did you learn to do that? What, like? Uh, to like the sound check type stuff like all this yeah dude uh, man honestly picked up on a lot of it uh we had a podcast remember austin anderson yeah yeah him and i had a podcast sorted a lot with that but before i actually did djing with his dad his dad's a pretty, pretty big dj i actually dj'd with him last april and uh i learned all about sound his dad's cables. A, a big dj dude his dad i'm talking like commercial like proms homecomings peabody rooftop New Year's deal. What? Yeah, his dad's a big DJ. So hit me and Austin would go, and, and then I got the point where it even just be me, I'd go help him set up, uh, tear down, and then I got the point where you know you get big enough, like his business and stuff. Where dude, I, the last couple of times I DJ for him, with him like alongside, we didn't. I don't even set up. I show up and just help cue music, run some songs. But yeah, learn how to run cable, man. What goes what sound, different decibels, and then even just through my own. I'm, I'm a big guy on uh, learning through failure, and mm-hmm. I I fail a lot in a lot of areas. So even sure. stuff like I do a podcast and listen to it back, I'm like man, dude, that sound does not sound great. Mm-hmm. You know, I might have had it too high because you know you, you can you can turn it up like oh yeah you hear that yeah, oh, yeah, hear me yeah. but or hear you but then you hear all that background noise and right. scene. So sometimes I'd be like okay I can't really hear myself that well playing around with it's it. It's almost like flying in a way where like you're just looking at your instruments like well that sounds good. Yeah. And, you know, that sounds way better, but I might be peaking too much. So when you hear it back, it'd be too muffled in your car. Oh, yeah. You know, they're the little things you just learn, yeah, you know. Yeah. But I, I like these headphones, just headphones in general, uh, because this is how it's going to sound when you listen to it. You know, like if we're if we're talking like that, you think, oh, I hear my voice, hear that, you, oh, the train. That train's so loud. Like It's not even taking <laughs> up the train, really, right, you right, know. Right. Because um, these are dynamic microphones and they're meant for like speaking, spoken word, like not even recording music. This is for it's for like voiceovers. It's just for you to speak. So I had to do a lot of research on what mm-hmm. and COVID was. COVID was good to me. Dude, twenty twenty, everyone hated that year. That was a great year. <laughs> I had I had a I had the best twenty twenty man. I swear. So anyway, but yeah, man, it's a. I think it's it's interesting. I like to have hobbies, but the problem is I can't mm-hmm. I can't stick with stuff. You know. Whether it's you not they don't lose interest. Usually you get good enough at something or comfortable enough. Right. Not, not even good. I can be way better at podcasting. But you get comfortable enough where you're like, all right, I can do it whenever. Like, you know, golf. Like yeah. you get into golf or something, you're like, yeah. all right, like I'm competent in swinging a club. Yeah. Not great at golf at all, but I'm competent enough. And you all right, on to the next thing. For sure. My dad hates that about me. Um, you're the same. I, just I, like I've done that a few th- a few times. I guess it's just because he's from a uh, from a different time. Yeah. Where where when you when you grow up uh-huh. and that and that niche in your wheelhouse that you discovered when you were 17, 18 years old. Yeah. You're still swinging that wheel. You know. You're still banging yeah. that at 40, 50 something years old. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. so he didn't like that I got my black belt and fell out of that. Well, I was you know I was. Where'd you get your black belt then? Uh, I got my black belt in Shotokan Karate. Wow. What, the, okay. The most. Do you want to keep going? Keep talking. Yeah, we can keep talking. Oh, shoot, I just turned this <laughs> yeah. back. I was gonna give you a hard start. That's great. Yeah. The most. Uh, the most. Well, before you. Uh, yeah. I, I hate to cut you off. No, no, dude. But this mo- is great. But the most well-known person that you probably know in Shotokan Karate is Leo Tomachita. 
know. Uh, he's UFC yeah. uh, light Is heavyweight it? champion. Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Leo, okay. Leo yeah. Machida practices Shotokan karate. Um, that was my stand up, and my ground game was just wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't have a judo or a BJJ background. I was uh-huh. I was just a wrestling background. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dude, you still have to do stuff like that? Any grappling or anything? Yeah, 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 yeah. No stand-up because um, in law enforcement, if you're using stand-up, you're not using the stuff on your belt yeah. that is there so you don't throw hands with somebody. So, yeah, we, we use some ground tactics, and uh-huh. so that's some of the stuff that we'll see. Dude, now, this Joe Rogan will talk about this a lot when mm-hmm. you have people that work in military, first responder, or operator background come on right, right. about – Training law enforcement and like hand to hand type stuff. Right. Is that something that they're pretty emphatic on now, or is it still like, hey, we could use a lot of work training? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. It's something that we can use a lot of work on. Uh, we touch on it yearly. Uh, yeah. Not, not in a big, uh, not in a big, it's a very, it's a very tight lens, uh-huh. tight scope that we, yeah. that we embark on and, and touch on, but it's, we definitely could use it more often uh-huh. for sure. It's it's very easy to end up on the ground with anybody, and uh, just like I told you earlier, uh, off off the mic, here locally we've been seeing people attack firefighters. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I don't even get that. I do. That, yeah. that makes no sense to me. Yeah, but we've seen people attacking um, and fighting firefighters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take I'll take the bait. <laughs> yeah, I'm confused. Uh, yeah, man, I don't. I think. Uh, not even fr- from a fire standpoint, because I don't know a ton about that, really. But I think it just goes back to it's an authority figure. It's someone in a uniform. It's somebody who is representing something bigger than themselves. They're part of a team. Right. You know, they got a bag or a patch or or, or whatever. Or with the government. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're, they're the man. Right. You know, right. I remember when uh, it was 2019. Did you remember this? When there was that cat from, I think it was North Memphis, Frazier area, somewhere like that. And he shot down to Mississippi to buy a dude's car off of Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace or whatever. Goes on a little test drive. Dude, you know, they get back to the Walmart and he shoots the dude and then flees back to North Memphis in the dude's car. Well, the guy survives and then calls it in. Of course, dude, he has all the guy's information because he had like his Facebook account or whatever, had the call. And this, this is where criminals being idiots because, yeah. I mean, they're criminals. Yeah. Uh, the, the marshals got involved, state lines. You know all about that. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, over. Uh, which I thought was the hardest thing. It's over. These cats come up from the Gulf, mm-hmm. and they go up to North Memphis. I remember like it was yesterday, dude, because was, uh, it was my first summer in Memphis. And uh, they go up, they come up from the Gulf, and they go up to whatever, Raleigh, Frazier, wherever it was. And they end up, remember the dude, dude, they show up to the guy's house, (laughs) and the guy's car is there in the driveway. Uh The car that he stole Uh and shot the dude over is sitting right there in the driveway. Uh So anyway, he flees. Uh Long story short, for those who don't remember or don't know, uh, him and the marshals get in a shootout because he starts ramming the marshal's car, and they shoot and kill the dude. Uh And then everyone wants to come out and protest. It was so bad Stupid. that Memphis fire it was an all hands on deck deal. So they have Shelby County there, they have Memphis uh, there, and they, I don't even know if they had other departments. I know those two for sure. But Memphis fire showed up on trucks, dude, mm-hmm. and they start throwing rocks at the firefighters. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like, dude, these guys aren't even armed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're here to save yeah. an injured person's life. Yeah, why yeah. are you? I hate you. <laughs> I know it's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's the man, and I do. I do remember that story that you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that it started from a um, the purchase of a vehicle. 
Yeah, if I, I remember right. Yeah, I didn't know. That's that. a story that I heard right. in the days following. Right, so I know everything you said on the back end, the tail end of that. Uh, I didn't know it, it came from, you know, shooting a guy, attempted murder, or, uh, yeah, attempted murder and, um, you know, motor vehicle theft. That That's crazy. Um, but it makes sense. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised yeah. that's what that stemmed from. But, uh, yeah, these, these guys. Uh-huh. This isn't that's not something rare. That's not something uncommon for somebody to not only be shot, but for a stolen vehicle to be sitting in somebody's driveway or their, you know, or in front of their yeah. house. I mean, do they just think they'll get away with it or they just don't care? Yeah, they just don't care. It, it goes back to what I mentioned early, uh, earlier, that culture mm-hmm. the, and that community that, that, that it's 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 sad. It's really sad. It's a lot of things. But to me, it's, it's sad mainly uh-huh. um, when you have. And. And this isn't bound by race or anything. I can only speak. I'm only we're only speaking about Memphis. I feel because this is where we live. So yeah, this is yeah. what, this is what we live and breathe and are exposed to every day. You know, we can't speak for St. Louis or Atlanta, but yeah, the, the culture here, <clears throat> there is a negative culture here that, um, that uh, encourages and reinforces this this ugly behavior. Uh-huh. You know, that um, it's like, oh yeah, you can wear a ski mask and. <laughs> you know, go steal somebody's property Dude. and that's yeah. fine, you know? Yeah. Screw them. You yeah. Know, that's, that's fine. Just take their stuff. And, uh, you know, if you, if you pistol whip them or if you shoot them, that comes with it, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they earned, they earned what they worked for. You know, they worked hard and earned what they got. So just take it from them. Yeah. Just, you don't have it. Man, it's amazing. And, uh, one thing with, I'm sure you see a lot of this, uh, with COVID ever since that, man, I was having Two quick stories. We were still in Nashville at the time, and my mom went to her bank in uh, it's Cool Springs, which is you know where Franklin and Brent would meet, mm-hmm. uh, suburbs of Nashville. She goes into her bank, and of course, everyone there. Okay, Nashville and Williamson County and all that. Dude, they they were they were pretty lax with COVID, all things considered. But you know they Thank saw it, yeah, it, honestly, and they Thank still God. had their hey, you know, stand on stand on the dot if you want to, whatever. But my mom walks into this bank and she ends up chatting with the, uh, you know, security officer who's in there. And he said something about, I don't know, maybe it wasn't even there. It might have been her safety resource officer at school. Either way, they talked about like the bank. And she said, uh, he said to her, you know, did you ever think you'd, uh, you'd see the day that, uh, you could walk into a bank with a mask on, you know, like, like <laughs> right, three right. months ago, yeah. you walk in with any type of mask, they go, suspect, oh, oh, suspect. oh, oh, out, out, take suspect. it off, you know, yeah. hoodie off, whatever. Right. Immediately. Suspect. Yeah. But then like now it's in a way, yeah. thankfully that area wasn't enforced. Uh, yeah. But they were saying like, yeah, you have, you have to wear a mask yeah. when you walk into a and, bank. And it's funny that you mentioned that because this just goes back to what I mentioned about that ski mask. Yeah. Um, these a lot of people aren't wearing the medical KN95. Dude, yeah. They're wearing a ski mask that yeah. the quote-unquote or stereotypical burglar yeah. would wear yeah. when he's entering your residence or your yeah. business. Yeah. Um, a hole on the mouth and a hole or, yeah. or no hole in the mouth and just and just your eyes are visible. Yeah. Dude. So uh and then then when you know when they're questioned about it, oh yeah, covid and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like with your mouth out <laughs> yeah 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 the other thing is uh, i was down in florida this mm-hmm. is over the summer and i was down there seeing my parents and there's this one gas station uh near I mean, it's in a you know it's in pensacola there's some bad areas of course nearby of course. but this gas station there's a small area nearby that's a bad area 
and you know sometimes there's activity around this gas station <laughs> and uh, off this highway so yeah. i pull over there it's midday dude i'm there with my mom i'm filling up my car other people are around well i see these two cats young guys come walking over from some of these houses that are down the little side street on the side of this gas station and dude i'm looking and there's pretty diverse um gas station people traveling i saw out-of-state plates saw some local people saw middle-aged families mm. saw young people whatever saw it's, me. It's, it sounds like yeah. you're aware of your surroundings yeah. dude, dude. <laughs> hey come on man situational yeah, awareness exactly. i'm always telling Landon. well she's she's gotten a lot uh-huh. better but i'm like you better not be on white like if i if i can walk up to you and you're sitting in your car and you're on your phone and you don't see me walk up to you you're you know <laughs> that's come on, get, yeah. get off white but uh yeah where are your surroundings well i see these two cats come and uh-huh. dude it was it was your stereotypical like young gangbanger you know, it was two guys that had their pants midway down their thighs with like their boxers and their basketball shorts hanging out, uh-huh. hoodies on. Uh-huh. And it's, 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 this is like mid July in Florida right. wearing hoodies, they're wearing sagging pants. Right. And so, they had those like the, the ski mask looking ones where there's the big opening. Right. So yeah. hold, hold that yeah, right yeah. there. Hold that right there, please. I just want to mention this one thing. Yeah. This is something that law enforcement looks at that the public doesn't look at Uh you you mentioned this yourself which is extremely surprising to me it's crazy and i love it um you you thought about the month you thought about the temperature outside why would why are both y'all wearing wearing Uh, winter clothing (laughs) that's not that's that's what that's where that word the s word suspicious Uh comes in um and i hate to derail Uh you and i'll let you get back to it but that's that's that mindset when people are like oh this cop said I was suspicious or, or yeah, he's just racially profiling me or, or this, that, and the other, I'm not suspicious. No, no, things are suspicious and things do do stick out for sure. I'm glad you said that. That's a good point for other people. Cause I, in a way, like I don't even wasn't aware I was doing it, but I'm, that's good that other people will hopefully hear this and be like, yeah, I need to start putting the two together. And you're right. It's not racial kind of to finish that. So we're going to another real quick story. Uh, so these guys come in, Uh When, okay, and as they're walking up, dude, and I'm there pumping my gas, my mom's in my car, every other pump's pretty much full. Uh-huh. As they're walking in, what looked like beanies are those masks, and they pull them down. No joke. They pull them down, and you can see like their eyes and the top of their nose, and that's right. it. Right. And they walk into the store, and I'm straight up, dude. At this point, I'm on red. Like, right. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm locked and loaded, yeah. and I'm, I'm praying to God nothing happens. And I'm looking around at everyone else. Because, you know, you know the why situation, too, here could be I need to get my car and drive off and call 911. I don't need to stay here and be the hero and be the only one, you know? Because I'm also in their territory. Who knows who else right. is nearby? I know the two of them. Who knows who else is right. within walking and, distance? And again, like you said, you're thinking about your mom. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about everybody else yep. around you. And your mom, she's not soaked in. Your mom has not soaked in everything that you've soaked in up to this point. Oh yeah, no, yeah, and, and both, anyone sitting in their cars have it <laughs> exactly you know? right. But you, you're you're, yeah. you're privy to this. Yeah, thankfully, you right. know. And uh, not, okay, end of the story. At least where I remember, nothing happens. They go in there, and I'm I'm looking through the windows to watch everyone's reactions. Mm-hmm. You know, and this one I'm done pumping gas. I'm just waiting because you're like, oh shoot, dude. What I mean, what's I don't want to be a hero, but I also don't want to be a coward. Right, right. We're like, oh, let them all just sit there. They're fish in a barrel. You know. Yeah. And these guys go around the store, kind of hooping and hollering. And uh, and next thing I know, last thing I saw was they were standing in line and nothing happened. And I kind of waited. I got my car and it was pulling out. And I sat there and waited and waited for both of them to leave. And they left. Nothing happened, right? Good. Thank God. Awesome. Which it's just weird. when you talk, I was kind of talking about the COVID deal where 
you know, they walk in and you know, you've been to those parts where you go to a liquor store or a convenience store or wherever. And it says on the, on the door, no hoodies, no ball caps, no masks, none, none of that. Cause safety, but you can walk in and you can pull these. And again, you're right. It's not racial. I was in a, uh, a truck stop not long ago in South Mississippi, not a great area. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I go to the bathroom, waiting on Leanna to come out of the bathroom. I'm there just looking around. There's two white cats. So these guys in Pensacola were black. These guys are a little older than me. They're white. And they're uh, dressed, honestly, dude, about the same. But they have, like, big, like, jackets on, mm-hmm. sagging pants, shaved heads, face tattoos, Dang. neck tattoos, rough-looking, like, yeah. game-banging cats. Yeah. And they're white. Right. And it's like, it's the same deal. It's like, I don't care what color you are, dude. Like, yeah. that person will pose a threat to me and my wife. And I'm glad you mentioned that, as you touched on that, that it has nothing to do with race. When I was working by Nashville and working in that rural area, well, the demographic and the people who lived out there were mostly yeah. white. So, naturally, yeah. most of the people who I arrested were white. Uh-huh. That's that's how statistics and, and demographics work, okay? Yeah. So, if you um, – in Memphis, where the population is 70% black – Mm-hmm. Um, you can expect your jail or the people arrested or the, the yeah. first responders come across to be around those numbers. Right. And that's not a racial thing. That's just, <laughs> that's just data. <laughs> exactly. And, and yeah. yeah, it has nothing to do with race. Yeah. So I just love that you touched on that because people get so caught up in that. Well, yeah, that, and, that's a shame. That's a shame. And too. they run with it. They just run wild with it. And then there's no reason to do that. Uh-huh. Well, then you see it where, uh, like the whole Tyree Nichols deal we touched on earlier, mm-hmm. where you had, you know, the the five immediate officers that were involved right. and suspended, right. fired, and charged right. were five black dudes. Right. Since then, they've had, I think there's uh, there one, was a white one. One white officer. But I don't know about the, the EMTs that responded, right. that they're on leave, too, mm-hmm. from MFD. Uh, I don't well, know they what, had, what they, their they ethnicities were. They fired. Yeah, they, 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 uh-huh. they fired three as well. But. MFD. So. But you're, um, that's just data. Yeah, it's but just it, data, um, and and this is this is something natural that that we see. Um, as far as I when I when I studied when I was studying in college, studying uh-huh. this stuff and the statistics and stuff, uh, eat, you know, breathing this stuff every day. I had a specific class my junior year. Um, this was it, it was not research methods. It was another course that I was taking uh, with a lady. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, so we learned that. In the public, so civilians, uh-huh. in law enforcement, in prison, and in in the military, the, you will see the same numbers as far as crime is committed across the races evenly. Huh. People commit crimes across all races evenly, um, so it's not something that sticks out. Oh, it's not like drugs sticks out for this race, or domestics or rapes stick out for this race. Uh-huh. It's all even across all races because uh-huh. it's just a human thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so back oh. to the Tyree Nichols, like you said, uh, I hate that incident. It's 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 pretty horrible. Um, and before that day, this is this is the one thing. This is one of the few things that um, I immediately got from that. Before that day, uh-huh. um, a lot of people in the black community, whether that's 51% uh-huh. or 99%, between 51 and 99%, <laughs> the majority <laughs> yeah. of the black community before that day thought an unarmed black man could only be killed by a racist white cop before mm. that day mm. so now oh, tony's about to preach <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know yeah. I, I, you know i'll lay off of that but yeah. that that's just uh no. that's just uh it's just something that for, for you to think on 
before that day, I'll say it again. Nobody thought that yeah. a, a, that an unarmed black man could be killed by anybody other than a racist yeah. white man. Right. So that's 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 pretty heavy, man. And that and that's why I was a shock to the community. My wife was looking at Facebook posts. Um, my wife was looking at Facebook posts. You know, she's a stay-at-home mom. That's uh-huh. her, that's her that's, that's her that's her job. Yeah, man. exactly. Yeah. That that's part of her that's part of her resume is I can skim through some social media. Yeah. So um and and, and uh, TV subscriptions. Right. <laughs> hey, but, Tony's out there working for you. Exactly. Putting that but yeah. putting that streaming service yeah, on. Yeah, God bless the stay-at-home moms holding it down. But uh yeah, she was yeah. uh she was looking through there and she was looking at the comments and she was coming to me. You know, I'm tired of it because I hear the law enforcement side of everything. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm tired of hearing the civilian side yeah. of it. So because they, they think of it irrationally. A lot of them. Yeah. Uh, again, this is black, white. This ain't a racial thing. You know, anybody. Um, so anyway, she's looking at the comments and they're like, oh, I can't believe they were black. The cops were black? Question mark. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. like, like what? Like, mm-hmm. how does this happen? Yeah. And, and then thank God some people were commenting. It was so awesome that, that somebody was commenting, um, you know, just something that made sense. Like, uh-huh. like, Hey, this isn't a, a racial thing. This is, this is an officer thing, or this is those individuals thing, Yeah, yeah, yeah. which we've now seen come out that, mm-hmm. uh, Tyree Nichols, I guess had ties or had some level of relations to one of the officers, baby mothers. Is that is that verified? This is yeah yeah, yeah this is yeah. this is okay. Yeah, this is, well, no, I said I've I'd heard that. There's rumor, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. so this a little this, bit of a backstory. Yeah, so um, again, yeah. don't want to touch on it too yeah, much, yeah. but uh, yeah, supposedly one of the officers, his the mother of his child, worked at FedEx uh-huh. with Tyree Nichols, and they had some kind of relationship, and uh, even further after those officers did that ugly thing to him uh-huh. that they should have never done uh-huh. uh he sent a picture of tyree nichols to her oh man and to some other people as well oh, okay i read that i think yesterday about how one of them on their personal phone took the photo and distributed disgusting it. yeah yeah absolutely yeah, disgusting is. unbecoming of a man. first responder and and this is what and this is this is the the weight that we carry as a first, uh-huh. as a first responder you know me as the me as a um as a leo you as a um, as a firefighter and even the EMTs have to carry this load now, because uh-huh. um, you know they they're being fired too yeah. in this situation yeah. so, uh, for duty to, to for duty to render aid. Yeah, yeah. Right. So ridiculous, man. So yeah. this, is, this is what's crazy is uh, now that this is this has happened, people are going to look at first responders. Yeah. Hey, look at what y'all do. Yeah, look at what y'all do. So now we're good at we're good because we're throwing bricks at y'all. Yeah. Oh. Uh, our parents tell us we're, our parents raised us telling us it was yeah. good to cuss at y'all and tell y'all to, yeah. to F off because y'all are trying to help out our help us out. You know, yeah. it's, it's horrible that people are going to take those bad eggs. Yeah. Not just police officers, but those bad uh, EMTs um, that, that failed, that failed that day on that incident. Uh huh. Well, like you said, uh, and this is not an original thought, Sure, everyone already thinks and agrees with something like this, but you know we're all told, and me, dude, at, dude I, I talk about this on the podcast. Some I am a Christian, conservative, middle class, heterosexual white dude, <laughs> yeah. like man, and everyone, and, of course, you know, there, there's the whole thing. Well, you know, everything works in your favor. I haven't seen that to be the case, no. not because 
I mean, any blessing I have, I think, is from God. It's not from any other circumstance that I literally could not control. But, you know, uh, you're told, especially, honestly, especially guys like me, because you think about it, anything that's going on with any diversity, inclusion, equity training, they're coming after guys like me, not to, you know, take us out of stuff, but to, like, re-educate where it's like, hey, mm-hmm. here's all the generalizations and here's all the sins that, like, people in your position are responsible for so like we're being told responsible yeah exactly like we're being told like you can't generalize you can't you know you can't like you can't do any type of stereotyping or discriminating which again as a christian like yeah i'm fine with that but the problem is okay so i can't i can't generalize a a, a group of people based off of you know uh, a couple of bad guys Mm -hmm. but the same deal dude it's like you can look at law enforcement that has millions of people mm-hmm. on the, the, the you know county state federal levels in law enforcement right. and different uh different facets of law enforcement and you can generalize that entire industry 100%. even even if like if all five dudes let's say all five of these memphis dudes are in the wrong you can now generalize the millions of like the thing about the george floyd deal mm-hmm. you had four cops standing around you had white black Hispanic, Asian. Right. So we know of at least four ethnicities in law enforcement. Right. You're going to generalize every single mm-hmm. law enforcement officer of every single race and creed and ethnicity and gender right. based off of like one bad dude. Now, now you mentioned in George Floyd. I'll just touch on this briefly. People don't know this. One of those people, I believe it was the Asian officer, uh-huh. were, were, was in training. Wasn't released from training. Yeah. So when you're in training, especially in that capacity, in that capacity, uh-huh. where lives civil liberties rights you know are are on the line and and you're supposed to uphold that you listen to the person who's been doing it for 10 20 years yeah uh half the half half the length of your lifespan yeah um so people were trying to eat him up tear him Uh up destroy his career that he's been on the okay (laughs) and and he's and he ain't been on the road long Uh okay you talked about this six month span in memphis well, guess what? We just had an MPD officer shot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Guess what? That was a suspicious person call. No kidding. Yes, yes. It started. At, it started as a suspicious person call. Um, it had been called at uh, at one of the businesses. In, okay. In, uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. I believe this was East Memphis. Uh-huh. Um, one of the businesses and the officer. Two officers made scene. The officer and his trainee made scene, uh-huh. and the man was not was not on scene he was nowhere Uh to be found well um again long story short officers get another call about a disturbance well the disturbance is next door (laughs) so deductive reasoning tells you (laughs) yeah Yeah. right right i think this touches on the context clues Uh thing yeah Yeah. yeah. so um a disturbance call to Uh my understanding breaks out it comes Uh out on the radio well the officers are like okay we're already um, scene. So go yeah. ahead and show us next. You know, show us making scene now. Um, they get there. I don't know all the details. Uh, I haven't seen body cam. I don't know the details. But they make scene. And uh, the gentleman was in the library, mm. and he was had caused some kind of disturbance. He was arguing with somebody. I don't know if it was a staff member or another person inside the library. Uh-huh. But he was arguing with uh-huh. somebody. For whatever reason, um, and the officers say, "Hey, uh, hello, you know, uh-huh. MPD, yeah, what's going on?" And uh, not not long after, the training officer 
the seasoned officer with experience is uh-huh. shot uh-huh. and critically wounded. Uh-huh. At that point, trainee fires his duty weapon. What a dog. <laughs> Yeah. At that point, trainee fires his duty weapon and um, eliminates the threat. Eliminates the threat. Uh, did a great job. And uh, as far as, to my knowledge, this trainee has been on the road two yeah. months. Yeah. Two months. Golly. Baptism by fire, man. Baptism by fire. Memphis police officer. Man. Memphis police officer. Two months on, Two months in, in the car. Out uh-huh. of the academy. Two months uh-huh. in the car. And you've already been in a situation like that. And had to, uh, officers, we draw our weapons every day, um, especially at, at some of these uh, these agencies with these high risk or, uh-huh. the, or these intense situations. It's not uncommon yeah. to come across a police officer yeah. that draw that draws his weapon every day or every yeah. other day. Now, this doesn't mean you point it um, or aim down yeah. sights or whatever yeah. whatever people want to run with. But as far as putting your hand on your weapon or pulling it out of your holster to be uh-huh. sure that you're safe or you can, yeah. uh, you know, for whatever reason, uh-huh. you may do that every day. So for him to, um, for a Memphis officer to do this, uh, I'm not surprised for one and two, you know, bless him. Yeah. Bless him. I'm, yeah. I'm glad. Uh, last I heard, I don't know. Last I heard the training officer was in critical condition, but stable condition. No, oh, man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Um, I uh, I thought you were going to also say I heard this the other night. I, don't, I mean, you probably heard this story, of course, because it it ended up going through multiple jurisdictions. They had an MPD officer down, uh, you know, south of two forty, and he was just sitting in his car and he was just ambushed. Came up and they did. He got shot point blank. What was this? Oh man, this is over the weekend. Maybe maybe oh, Sunday. I haven't heard. I've uh, been off work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to say it was Sunday because I heard about it Monday, and this guy he's just sitting there, ambushed. The last shot. Day, the last day I worked was Saturday, so if okay. that happened Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I think would... it. Did. I think it did because uh-huh. the guy shoots. I, I I I heard I heard he was shot, and killed. I've not verified that on my own. Usually, uh, I want to verify stuff uh, before I say something. But yeah, shot may have been killed, but for sure shot. The guy flees. Ends up uh, coming through Germantown and Collierville on a chase. Oh my gosh. And then I think they lost wow. the guy actually. Wow. So he could still be at large. Wow. But anyway, he did did happen. Not even responding to a call. Yeah, this Sitting near, I think, right near the precinct down there. This isn't rumored. This happened. Yeah. Um, was he shot and killed? Every, see, as far as his status, his, his current status, I'm uh-huh. not sure. But it's funny. This is the second time uh, you've mentioned this. Well, you've mentioned a story where I'd catch window yeah, on the yeah. back end. I didn't know how this started yeah, again. I yeah. didn't know it started with an ambush. All I heard uh-huh. was shots were fired at a police officer in Memphis. I don't know if this was – I'm not sure if this was Mount Mariah. Yeah, I'm that's pro- what I heard. I'm not yeah. – yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if it was Mount Mariah or, or where it was, but officer was uh, – shots were fired, chased, and we lost the suspect around Germantown. Yeah. It's ugly. It's ugly. Yeah. If you're listening to this, it's so ugly and sad. Uh, but this is this is a reality uh-huh. where we can we can lose these suspects that are running from police and law uh-huh. enforcement uh, after events like this. Uh-huh. Now you may not know this, like the answer, which is fine. I definitely don't know. How likely? Okay, let's say that suspect specifically. And you're looking at him to kind of, you know, answer for the whole. 
when you evade a crime like that, mm -hmm. you know, and you are hidden from the authorities, how likely are they to act out again soon? Do they usually stay hidden for a while? Mm -hmm. Or it's like, hey, shoot, I got nothing to lose. I'm going to go and commit another yeah. atrocity. Yeah, as far as those statistics, um, I can't I can't tell you about the numbers because I don't know those numbers. Uh -huh. um, now, I will tell you this. From, from what I've come across and seen uh -huh. just a little bit, uh, people will steal these cars and they'll come and then, then go commit crimes yeah. with those cars, yeah. you know, because yeah. it doesn't come back to them. Um, but there are situations where criminals commit a crime and and do what they call laying low or sitting, you know, sitting down and uh -huh. and just relaxing while the I guess the the quote unquote heat cools down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, but it goes back to that Marshall situation that you brought up. Oh. The culture is so ugly and nasty and um, and encourages this negative behavior that they may do something and continue with their life normal. They may be normal. Hey, I'm, Crazy. Still, I'm still going to work or I'm still going to uh, to the grocery store and I'm driving. Yeah. I just happen to be driving the car that I stole last week. Crazy. Well, guess what? This this county in this the United States is filled with uh -huh. cameras <laughs> yeah. that are called LPRs. What is that? This is common knowledge. License plate readers. Oh yeah, yeah. This is common knowledge. Like yeah. this is this is this is yeah. common knowledge. LPR cameras yeah. that will read that will read your yeah. license plate and and tell us that you're driving a stolen car. Yeah. And if you drive a car without the tag, we're gonna pull you over oh. because you're driving a car without a tag. Yeah. They just fun. I was actually uh, driving through <laughs> Germantown recently. Got a couple things on that, dude. Mm -hmm. I, I don't realize how many law enforcement stories I have until I start talking to you. But uh, I was driving somewhere through East Germantown, westbound on Poplar, and I see there's a Germantown cop explorer running running tags. Well, he ends up, I think he, he I can't remember if he loops around or what, but he ends up being behind me, and right in front of me is an infinity with temporary tags. Oh man, you I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, fitting with temporary tags oh, in this in Germantown. He's saying real close to me. And then wherever I was at, however I was, I was in front of him blocking him. Mm -hmm. And so I get over right. so he can come up. Well, the infinity gets over too. And so now he's staying like almost in my blind spot with me right here. Infinity's still in front of me, dude. And I see it's almost like he's trying to get over. I know he's having to process everything, dude. So I just slow on down. And that cat whips over right in front of me in blue lights. And I was like, oh, man, perfect, perfect, dude. And it takes you with temporary tag. <laughs> Textbook. Yeah, yeah, so to, to people yeah. uh, who are listening, uh, if you're not familiar with, I guess, these big city areas or Memphis especially, um, the most common vehicle, 100%. This isn't rumor. This isn't speculation. The most common stolen vehicle is an, is an Infinity. That's the, that's the model. Uh, right now, we're seeing Hyundai's and Kias uh -huh. being stolen yeah. uh, in crazy, yeah, <laughs> crazy yeah. amounts. Uh, there was a, there was a. Uh, this goes back to the culture. There was uh -huh. a group of juveniles yeah. that were nicknamed the Kia Boys. Oh my gosh! Because guess what they stole? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. You'd be surprised to find out what the Kia Boys stole. Yeah, uh, you know. So you know, you see that Kia Sorento beat up uh -huh. car. You know. Driver side or passenger side damage, 
headline. One of y'all, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like, oh man, uh-huh. you know, I might need to check that out. So, yeah, yeah. These, you know, these LPRs, they'll, they'll know if a vehicle is yeah. stolen, and it doesn't take just the license plate. They can, you know, this is just data. I mean, we yeah. look at China. Yeah, China has the cameras that can look at your face, at your face, and at your body, mm-hmm. and tell who you are. Yeah, they can look at the back of your neck and at the wrinkles on the back of your neck and tell Dude. how old you are. So these license plate things, they can yeah. check. They can check a car. Uh-huh. Dude, they can check. They can go just off the color. Uh-huh. You know, crazy, <laughs> you know, I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's, that's, what, crazy. that's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah. And this is common knowledge. This isn't, yeah. this isn't no secret. Yeah, this isn't a secret. <laughs> that intel from the police. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So. <clears throat> dude, it's funny. I was actually at a, a meeting one night, and we had a, a captain from the Germantown Police Department. He's a, a SWAT guy. And uh, of course, you know he does. He does a whole patrol side and everything too. But in leadership, so he's giving a safety talk mm-hmm. at this meeting I'm at for work. And he was talking about the Flock cameras. So your LPRs, you're talking about Flock is the you know the company that a lot of this area uses. And he was kind of explaining uh, what they do, and that was just one little component of his talk about you know uh, uh, public safety. And he did no joke. He's literally talking about it and the role of these Flock cameras and things. And what they do for the for the stolen cars and all that. And while he's talking, his phone buzzes and he kind of stops and he reads it and he's like, Oh, he's like, funny. He's like, one of our cameras just picked up a stolen car, passing right. through, and he's like, Don't worry, we'll have two units on it here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> he he talking about like our boys right, love those calls. Right, right, like they're there, so. like they're just sitting there like a bull in the shoot. Right, right. And they're just waiting and it's like, Oh, it went off, another exactly. stolen car coming through Germantown yeah. Poplar. Let's go get it. Man, I just love you said I oh. just love you just said bull in the shoot. Me and my oh. wife. Me oh yeah, you're the grizzly man. Yeah. Me and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh I guess I, I, my wife, she'll call me a big teddy, big teddy bear. But uh-huh. as far as the bull in the shoot, um, we're we're actually trying to go to professional bull rider event this week. Uh, it there is one in this there okay. is one in Memphis this week. So we're probably going. Uh, y'all are going? We're thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, oh wait, is it? I, no, no, it's next weekend. I think next weekend. Yeah. yeah so I want to tell y'all this and just let y'all. We can be in touch with it if y'all don't want to go. It's fine. Uh-huh. I was gonna go to this one. I'm not going anymore. I'm going to Little Rock at the end of the month. Uh huh. So this week is what's called is what's called the whiskey the whiskey tour. It's a new uh-huh. it's a new opener that they that they're trying to do for exposure for the PBR uh-huh. and that they do for the young riders uh-huh. so they can get some spots at nationals in Texas uh-huh. every year. Uh huh. Okay, well, at the end of this month, there's something in Little Rock at Simmons Bank Arena uh-huh. called the Border Patrol Invitational. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's like, it's the Dude. top. Uh-huh. I think it's like some of the top. I think it's the top 30 bull riders on the planet. Oh, wow. In Little Rock. Wow. Two hours away from yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, man. It's, it's over two hours away from us. And it's a two-day event. Uh-huh. The invitational that we can get. Um, uh-huh. I would say, I would say for sure, y'all come with us to that. And uh-huh. we, y'all and we, and it, we all go. Might have to. Yeah. If I don't have to work, and I got some work stuff coming up on the weekends, I'll, I'll send but, it to you and, and see what you think. Yeah. Um, but Dude, uh, yeah, that'd be great. But yeah, what uh, what were we just talking about? Oh, uh, fl- flock cameras. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I talked to some. You know, there's Bartlett. I talked to. 
I've talked to everybody. I've talked to Germantown. I've uh-huh. talked to Bartlett. I've talked to, um, I've spoken to Collierville, uh-huh. um, Tipton County, all these guys. Everybody has it. Man. Yeah, yeah. This isn't just West Tennessee. This is something all over the entire country. Uh-huh. So that's why that's why y'all were briefed to it. Y'all are civilians and y'all were briefed to it. Yeah. If it was a secret, if it was a secret, then yeah, y'all wouldn't be privy to it. Yeah, which is kind of crazy too, because you know, it's a weird it's a weird balance. Like you can talk about a double edged sword kind of deal. Um, of course, you know, you look at stuff like the Patriot Act, mm-hmm. you know, and and how the government will find ways, and it doesn't look that way. But they'll find ways to kind of bypass certain amendments. So, you know, you can get your Patriot Act to get around your Fourth Amendment. And you have this surveillance on Americans that even like Snowden uh, right. sit there and blew the whistle on. Right. And so it's weird where it's like we don't want to be monitored. But it's also like it's kind of nice when you're having these cameras, like a ring camera can pick something up. Right. A cell phone camera can ping off a tower right. or a cell phone can ping off a tower or someone can mm-hmm. like have the camera and they can they can blow a whistle on something so you can blow a whistle here comes the train yeah see that picks it up um but uh but like yeah when you when you have all that like the public safety like it's awesome that these cameras in a way don't have there's like no blind spots now mm-hmm. between ring cameras phone cameras dude i i thought i knew teslas have these cameras i know people that don't even have Teslas that now have these dashboard cameras. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people For in my sure. office, we got to drive around, and there's people that just do it, and they'll, they'll show yeah. us like cool videos of animals yeah. or stars or something they see. But yeah, people have dashboard cameras, phone cameras. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so there's there's constant yeah, Uber and monitoring. Lyft, yeah. They use this. yeah, it's not it's not uncommon to be in an Uber or Lyft that has yeah. a dashboard. Yeah, makes sense. A dashcam yeah. that's front facing or rear facing as well. You know, so when you throw, when you pimp slap your driver and throw a drink on him from the yeah, rear, yeah, and cuss him out for doing his job. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, smile. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, smile, and then yeah, we got your account information. Yeah, that you yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy, dude. So I mean, what up? We're, I mean, whatever time you want, whatever you want to talk about, man. What are you thinking? Uh, no, I really, I really want to hear what uh what inspired you to become a first responder because that's just, that's an uh-huh. extremely selfless act and you know like you said they don't know that you and i have known each other for some time uh-huh. I, i'm not sure if being first responders running your family i'm not sure if um, uh-huh. i'm not sure what inspired you so that's uh-huh. that's what i want to hear from yeah. you is what inspired you and, and how are you liking it so far Dude, uh, loving it. In fact, I, I don't get to do it a ton. So I guess most people don't know. Uh, I So full-time, I work in politics. I work for uh, uh, an office within the United States Congress. Right. So my actual like day-to-day job, and one reason I kind of talk about these different work events, is I work uh, on behalf of an office, and I cover four counties of our congressional district. Because of that, I'm meeting with sheriffs, police chiefs, fire chiefs, mayors, aldermen, alderwomen, county commissioners, city council, district attorneys, uh, circuit court judges, dude, all the way down to uh, RNs, whoever, man. You pick nice. pick an industry. Top I to probably bottom. had a meeting with them, which is awesome. Top to bottom. Yeah, because I mean, I'm honestly the kind of guy, which one reason I started this podcast is I'm interested in about every single vocation, and I honestly want to do about everything. And the Lord has blessed me with a job that I get to literally talk to people about everything. So I don't know how long I'll do it. I really enjoy it. I think I'll do it a long time. 
the the good and bad side is I get to talk to people that do a bunch of cool jobs. I'm like, shoot, I can see myself doing that. That sounds <laughs> cool. Like you do these ride alongs, yeah, man. And sure. it's like, you know, uh, I've gotten to train a little with a gun and get a little bit of cert, uh, certification on things. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I wish I could do more. I want to do more, right, you know. Right. And then uh, it's cool. So anyway, before I even got into this job, uh, when I was still a restaurant manager, I hopped on with a, a volunteer fire department in uh, North Mississippi, down in Hernando area. So uh, haven't so I haven't gone through the EMT yet. Right now, I still have my CPR first aid. I have that just from other jobs that I've had mm-hmm. in the past. Um, just I just continue to re up that. Oh, I actually have to probably do it this summer. But um, have my CPR first aid, and then. So some departments, it all varies by state because I work with, you know, Tennessee for my job and I'll talk with fire chiefs. So volunteer um, departments in Tennessee, you got to go through a bunch of training, computer tests, written tests, hours trained at the station mm-hmm. before you're even allowed to go on call. Mm-hmm. In Mississippi, at least as far as I've gotten to experience it, you don't. Wide <laughs> so, open. Dude, it Wide is, man. It open. is. It is. It's like no holds barred. Wide so. Open. um I've actually, man, I, so there's, there's weekly trainings and I haven't gotten to go much since November because it's been, it was midterms and then you finish up stuff for that Congress and you have the speaker vote, then you have the new Congress. And honestly, I've been slammed with work. Mm-hmm. So I haven't gotten to go. There's been times I go down two, three times a week mm-hmm. for a few hours a night, you know, nothing more than maybe four or five, six hours, right. depending on your calls. You know, you can go on there and just do some training, chill, you got to do some driving exercises in one of the engines, mm-hmm. which is way harder Dude, I, yeah. so I drove moving trucks for three years, big 26-footers, towing, trailers, cars, whatever, and you get pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, okay, it'll probably translate. Dude, it does not translate because mm-hmm. you're sitting there in the cab. So yeah. everyone can picture a fire truck. Your wheel is parallel to the ground, you know, and it's in front of you, and it's big like a boat. And then the cab sits in front of the axle where your front wheels are. So, you know, any car you're driving, you're looking at your wheels in front of you, behind, whether you see them or not, and, you know, and you're turning. So when you're backing, you know, we're backing through like cones, courses, and stuff like that. And, dude, and you're and so also part of the training, too, is, you know, you're maybe driving and you're looking in your mirrors. Right, right. And you might, have, you might have someone in the cab with you. Sometimes you don't. But you're also being trained and, and you know, how you should be uh, – directing people you know <laughs> yeah the hand yeah signals. man yeah. You know? yeah i know i know yeah, yeah they do the hand signals uh, so that's part of the training too is yeah. some you might have some some heck of a driver mm-hmm. but if you can't if you can't direct him dude he's going off mirrors right, so that's a whole right. other art is you have two guys you know standing there, and i'm talking to we're doing driving at night mm-hmm. you know we're out in the country in mississippi it is a ton of fun man yeah. <laughs> it is in fact i hope to get to the to the point if i continue with it and i think i always will with volunteer I'd love to at least get my fire certs mm-hmm. and EMT. Uh, I don't really – everyone has a different um, niche in a way. Mm-hmm. I've talked to a bunch of different departments for this and my job. Dude, you know this. 70 to 80% of calls that firefighters, fire departments get are medical, and it's only growing. Fire is becoming more of a, of a medical response team. Fire departments versus actual yeah. response actual. to fires. So I've talked with I actually talked with one guy who's a volunteer firefighter. Mm-hmm. Oh, great man! This is up you know about an hour and a half north of Memphis. Talking with him, his department mm-hmm. they're actually they're paid volunteer. Um, his family owns a coffee shop, so he actually works there for his job. He helps manage this coffee shop, bakery, little event venue, but he is also paid volunteer. So the thing with that is he actually he has shifts that are assigned 
and you have to respond to the calls when you're on shift, of course. But if you're not on shift and you're in the area, since it's a volunteer, you can go right. respond to it yeah. and you punch the clock and then you yeah. get paid to go do that call. Man, Most volunteers aren't, dude. but they do only they do only fires. They do car wrecks. Uh-huh. They do structure fires. And then you can brush fryers, whatever they want to do. Um, but like down where I'm at, like most apartments, I've got, dude, man, it is a thrill. I've gotten to go on a couple of structure fryer fires. And then of course, like a lot of things, man, you get dispatched, you get it. It's like, oh man, vehicle fire. Yeah. Oh, let's roll. Yeah. You, you throw on the turnouts, man. You go out lights and sirens, man. You're getting everything ready. You're putting in your pack That's good. and you show up and there's nothing there. Oh, no. It is. Oh man. Then like your testosterone and your adrenaline just comes yeah. back down. You're I like, feel, all right. I feel like some off. I yeah. feel like some firefighters were mad yeah. at me here recently. Oh, did you, you call because, something in Was no, it medical or fire? No, no. A lady, a lady called a fire in and long story short, the fire was put out before, <sighs> before they got there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, she had thrown a, she had thrown uh-huh. some stuff over there to 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 choke the fire out. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude, and it got taken yeah. care of. Which, dude, at the end of the day, that's awesome. Here's it's the, great, and here's the context to but that. Like, mm. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. It, it, it gets you riled up. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> dude, before you finish that, like we had one with a smoke alarm, uh-huh. and dude, it wouldn't stop going off. We're getting dispatched. Oh, they no. are not responding. Annoying. And it was a duplex. So we get our gear, we roll out, we, we bring a uh, squad truck uh, and uh, one of our engines. Uh-huh. And of course, I think a couple of people brought some, like we had like a Tahoe, you know, we use just with other other stuff in it, like backup stuff. But, so we ended up rolling like maybe three vehicles into this deal, right? Uh-huh. And dude, I'm talking, we're doing, we're, we're scanning all the perimeter, man. We're trying to get in touch with the neighbors, all that. We ended up getting in through this one door um, into like their kitchen. Dude, they, they didn't even hear it. We're sitting there knocking on doors. We're kind of lights and sirens. Nothing. They don't respond. They're like, oh, yeah, no. Like, well, you got to respond. When we, have, we have smoke alarms going off, right. you know, to the point where we're dispatched and we're showing up and they're still not. And also, too, this was at a place that, like, two weeks earlier, some people on a different shift responded to that. You could actually see all the burns <laughs> on the ceiling in the kitchen, dude, where they put out a fire. Exactly. So it's the same place. Like, right, oh, no. Right, but then, yeah. yeah, you show up and you go. <laughs> Well, dang. Look, like, yeah. you're glad you didn't have to put right. out a fire. You're but glad you, they're okay. But, but your anticipation and preparation, yeah. you think that, dude. and uh, due to the recent yeah. event, you're like, yeah, yeah literally. this is going to be another real fire. Dude, literally. Fire. And, and you're sitting there, it's nighttime, and you're mm-hmm. shining lights, dude, and you have your, uh, so you have like a hotspot reader, mm-hmm. you know, and you can sit there, and it's pretty cool. You have this little equipment, and you're scanning, looking for the temperature on stuff. Because yeah. also, you're in a house, you don't know what's above, like the joists, the rafters. Like, you don't know what's circulating, mm-hmm. and at any second could go up. You're looking for you're looking for anything, but anyway, nothing happened. That's but cool. they're well, also on white. How does a whole fire department show up <laughs> and you're still in there? In fact, dude, oh, we talked about hey, we got to be careful how we get into this stuff uh-huh. because you could get shot, dude. You're out in the country and you break into someone's house and they don't know you're out there. One hundred percent. And that's what I'm talking about yeah. with that county stuff. Yeah. These people moved out here. These yeah. these yeah. people actually moved out here just so they can shoot people who yeah. break into their house. <laughs> exactly right yeah Yeah, so uh your context to it i just wanted to say i I know exactly you're talking about i think that's pretty cool because what you just said now that you um that you uh elaborated on that what you just said is exactly how we we get on burglary calls or alarm calls you know you may catch a building that was burglarized here recently yeah Yeah. and you get there and you're like oh no it's just it's not you know yeah and so i know exactly what you're talking about Uh and and that's why um 
that's one of those things as a first uh-huh. responder that can relate uh-huh. throughout the professions, uh-huh. which is why I wanted to get your take on it and see what you yeah. see. Because uh, you and I, we haven't hung out yeah. in a minute, man. So yeah. See how you feel about it. Uh, uh-huh. And, and what, you know. Yeah, I, I will answer original, uh, original question in a second. What were you going to say, the context of that woman putting out that fire? Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm curious to hear yeah, this now. Yeah, so she, she had thrown a blanket <clears throat> over the fire and uh, and I helped her stomp it out. Oh, like wow. She, yeah, she threw it. She went and grabbed a blanket, threw it over the fire. Was it like a kitchen fire? Or no, no, no. She had lived in the house for two decades. Wow. Uh, or a decade and never used the fireplace. And was just oh. and was just about to sell the house, Ooh. and cranked up the fireplace. Was it like a gas fireplace or wood burning? Uh, this is gas fireplace, man. And uh, it it basically farted out yeah. a big pile of dust and, and, yeah. and stuff that has been just building up. Yeah, and it just you know it, yeah. it puffed out a bunch of stuff on the floor right in front of the fireplace, uh-huh. and before you know it, a fire is starting in the floor. Yeah. yeah. Um, because she's trying to do this yeah at three o'clock in the Dude, morning which you would think too which <laughs> even before i was in like in into fire and i've gotten to learn a lot really fast for the the few times i've gotten to go on calls mm-hmm. uh you think that stuff's like common knowledge like we our apartment here has a wood-burning fireplace we're on the top floor with vaulted ceilings and we moved in and of course you know my wife's like oh great now we can do fires and we have because you know it's been, right. we've had some ice storms the you know uh two winters we've been here I was like, hey, hey, until they inspect and clean these chimneys, dude, we're not lighting a match near that place. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. you think it's common knowledge, right. and you I don't even think. know that much. But common sense isn't common. No, dude, it's not kidding. common. You're not kidding. <laughs> no. You probably know better than anyone sitting there working around every every you know type of person. But yeah, to answer your original question, man, why you got into it, um, I think like most people that do, like number one, you want to do something. I think I think as a guy, the way we're wired. You know, funny enough, there's a, a thing on TV over here saying meth mom. So, all right, maybe it is bigger than I realized. Uh, but, uh, you know, guys like adventure. I talk about the book Wild at Heart. I think the way that God designed man mm-hmm. versus woman, you know, and it's sort of this whole big gender identity crisis deal mm-hmm. we're in now. It's like, man, God designed mankind uh, with like two different sets of roles into man and woman. Yeah. And by those both people accomplishing those roles, we can have a functioning world and society. Yeah. And one, I think with men, men like we like adventure, we like risk. We like to do stuff with our hands, you know? Yeah. And so when you work office jobs, of course you, you kind of get like put in this little proverbial straight jacket where you can't really do much. And then, so you want something adventurous. And then when it goes in the first responder side or anything where you're, where you're serving or contributing, it doesn't have to even be like military first responder. It's man, probably like you. It's like, man, I want to do something. I got to do something to contribute. I got to do something yeah. that that I can serve my community mm-hmm. and, and help out. Help others. Yeah, literally. And there's people yeah. that, you know, whether they want to or not, some people just are not capable yeah. of helping themselves, whether yeah. they're disabled or they're right, older right. or they're any, like, mental handicap or anything. And, and, it's like, <clears throat> how can I advocate for them and, and help them out? Right. And for, for, that, for that issue, they may have their own issues or they may have yeah. somebody preying upon them. Yeah. And that's why they need somebody there that can stand up for them and to, and yeah. to be sure they're not being abused or neglected uh-huh. for for whatever reason. Because uh-huh. there there are some ugly people out here that that will that Ooh. will that will take advantage of those people. Yeah, you're not kidding. Well, dude, Tony, any final thoughts? Any good quotes, book recommendations? 
Uh, no, man. If anything I, like that. If I if I had a book recommendation, I'd say I'd say Leaders Eat Last. It's 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 a book that I had to read by Simon Sinek, man. Uh-huh. Um, just about leaders and he uh, and and what they should how they should uh-huh. how they should operate and act. You know, just if they're going to be uh-huh. taking care of others, man. That's good. Uh, Are you allowed to talk about that real fast? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, we can talk about that. Just because we didn't film this, um, and maybe we do need to get a picture too. I'm thinking about it. You have here uncle's nearest or, or uncle nearest. Yeah, uncle nearest. Uncle nearest here uh, on the table with us. Just tell them uh, where that is, where it's from, why you brought it tonight. And I thought that story you told was real cool about uh, how they, uh, I guess, founded it, started it. Yeah, so I just wanted to um, – I've been uh, – I'm a jack guy. I'm from Tennessee, middle Tennessee. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we love love our home here in Tennessee. It's a beautiful yeah. state. Uh, and in Lynchburg, they got Jack Daniels. That's where it's distilled. That's where the distillery is. Yeah. Every well, single bottle you see all around the world comes right there. That's exactly. Spot. Yeah. Exactly. So um, at Jack Daniels, I believe there's a statue of an African American man uh, on the on the property that I guess helped Jack Daniels start his distillery and uh-huh. and uh, release the product that he wanted to put out to the public and uh-huh. sell and merchandise. Um, long story short, Uncle Nearest has been produced by the great-great-granddaughter, a whiskey produced by the great-great-granddaughter of the African-American man that helped Jack uh-huh. Daniels um, in whatever capacity, whether it was, you know, his, his recipe or whatever. Um, I guess that's that's something that we can both, that we can uh-huh. all do some more research into. But um, help Jack Daniels uh, discover uh-huh. the the recipe to the whiskey that he wanted to produce man and uh and this is my first time trying it uh-huh. good right now yeah can't I, wait to try I it enjoy next it. time <laughs> i enjoy it yeah next yeah. time we will and yeah we can talk about next time i'd like to talk about uh for sure about how you said those roles because my wife as a stay-at-home mom yeah she definitely has yeah. uh, has has her has her roles for uh-huh. sure and this isn't something that's put on her. this is something that comes to her naturally yeah so i'd love to i'd love to Dude. to speak to you about that another time yeah man yeah we'll have and i'll be done with this little 75 hard deal yeah. uh probably next time we do it for sure just we keep this pattern of a year for sure <laughs> but uh yeah man yeah, uh, sure. but also thank you for the cigars i can't no, no, can't drink no. but i damn smoking a uh tabak cigar from you which i definitely appreciate it's been very sure. good you can tell yeah it's about the size yeah, of yeah, I, I had, don't even know i had to bring it to you i'm glad you liked it yeah yeah that uncle nearest it's 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 a distilled in shelbyville tennessee perfect uh right here in tennessee our home state and i'll be yeah. sure to, i'll be sure to have some next time i come on all right yeah. man shelbyville to shelby county <laughs> exactly. here we go man well tony man uh love you bro yeah thank you so you much too, for coming man. on i yeah. appreciate it yeah and that was the first interview in a year and a half, man. That was a Let's heck of a go. job. Let's so there go. We, go. we will, for the, I don't know, first time in a while, we'll right. see you on the other side. Start strong. Yeah, that's right, man. Thank you.